No, I was being amused by you telling your cat to do things and your cat being like, I hear what you're saying, and yet I'm not going to do what you say. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This year on Geeks Without God, we are joined by our friend Eric Knight to discuss religion and sports, specifically Christianity and how it is very pervasive in American football. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Nick Glover. And Molly Glover. I just want to thank Jesus and God and the Mother Mary Virgin Whore to save me from this football game. Wow, that was weird. We are also joined by a friend and frequent guest, Eric Knight. Hello, my name is Eric Knight. You are correct. You are correct. And we are, uh, this week, we are going to talk about Christianity and sports. And I I came up with this topic. I'm probably uh, the most sports savvy of the people on this podcast, but Eric Eric is is slightly sports savvy. But um, a couple of weeks ago, during a football... and only. During a football game, there was a uh, there was a player who uh, had a heart attack on the field. He he suffered full cardiac arrest uh, and uh, nearly died. Nearly died. They actually ended the football game. They stopped the game in the first quarter uh, because Demar Hamlin. What? No NFL. It was an NFL game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Demar Hamlin is the name of the football player and. there was a picture that was circulating amongst friends on uh, on Facebook that that bugged me a little because it was this gigantic prayer circle. And they were like, look at this. Doesn't this do your heart good? And it wasn't even friends who are super Christian. They were just like, look at this the, big prayer circle. Both teams, right? Oh, it was yeah, both oh, teams coming it was, together. It was pray. both teams. They both came together and they had this big prayer circle. And uh, what what they didn't share was pictures of uh, the medical teams that were on the football field that saved this guy's life, um, which I thought was kind of uh, stupid, if if I'm honest. You know that that the real reason this, that Demar Hamlin is alive is because he suffered a heart attack in the middle of a football game where there are dozens of medical professionals who have been trained for this exact circumstance, uh, and. Christianity and sports, and especially football in America, are very intermixed. Uh, and I don't mm-hmm. say religion and sports because I think in America, the bulk of religion that we are exposed to is Christianity. Uh, and uh, I thought it made for a good topic for an atheist podcast to talk about uh, how sports has become intermingled with Christianity. And and. Uh, I remember another time, the Super Bowl a few years back. There was a, it was the New Orleans Saints that won, and their their quarterback Drew Brees was asked right after the game, "How do you feel about this victory?" And his first thing is, "God is good." And I was like, "Do you honestly think God gives a shit about who won the Super Bowl?" And that, that's one of the things that I've always found really weird. Even even when I was a kid, and I was Christian, like. Oh, I want to thank God, or I know God's on our side. Those kinds of things. It's just like, so why is God with your team this week 
week and not yeah. next week uh-huh. or the yeah. other way around. Yeah. Like that's so weird. Didn't pray you know? hard enough. Like uh like like wars, right? Where you know people mm-hmm. are like praying for their soldiers and stuff, and it's like yeah, if both sides are praying, I just canceling each other out. Yeah, yeah. And coincidentally, just in the last couple hours on an atheist group I'm in on on Facebook. Somebody posted a meme to mock it for a religious posting with a picture of the, the players praying. And it says, starts off when Tim Tebow took a knee on the field, the world laughed and mocked him. When a coach in Washington prayed after football games on the field, he was fired. Yet Monday night, the injury of one NFL player made it all okay again. God works in ways we do not comprehend. Oh so God injured the guy so that people would then pray? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so meaningful. That's what they think. God, God put this guy in cards. Yeah, arrest as a back door to get back into sports. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's literally <laughs> what they think. And it's, and the thing you know, like a heist movie. Well, and, and Eric, to your your you know young Eric's question of like, well, was why is God with, with your team this week but wasn't with your team last week? They would tell you it's because they weren't praying enough, or because yeah. someone on that team was living sinfully, or because they yeah. had, they genuinely will find a reason to to uh, to blame. Or not blame to thank God for their victories, but blame themselves for their losses. It is it is absolutely astonishing to me. Uh, when I ran, uh, I ran cross country mm. and track. Uh, I ran cross country starting when I was in fifth grade. Uh, there was a uh, like a middle school. It's called in in here in Minnesota. It's called uh, Twin Cities Lutheran Athletic Conference or TCLAC. And TCLAC was for all the smaller schools, all the, you know, mostly Lutheran schools, uh, religious schools, my school, which wasn't religious, but was private and very small. So we had our own little, you know, uh, conference for running and they made us pray before every race. And I hated it. Yeah. And because uh, we had to just stand there and we were all supposed to hold hands while they were. And it was all the, you know, it was the usual like, you know, oh, God, watch over our runners you know, make them fast. It's like make them strong, prevent them from injury. No Let's make sure yeah. everyone has a good time. And it was just like, I mean, okay. So now if I get hurt, like who do I take this up with? You know, just yeah. yeah you didn't I didn't pray I, enough, Molly. Like you said I, before. I, I, yeah. It, I that's did. why I you would get hurt. So I definitely I just won all the races, I guess. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so a little historical context. Um and and you know, the funny thing is they say, you know, oh, this prayer circle, look at look at it, they're allowing it now. Uh having having gone to football games uh live, there's a prayer circle after every game. Literally really? after every game, the players who are super Christian, uh, after they do their little post-game interviews, there will be this prayer circle, usually of anywhere from 15 to 35 players and coaches. After every game, there is a prayer circle. Wow. And there has been uh, since the, I believe it was the late 80s, early 90s, it actually was a Minnesota Viking player, Chris Carter, who started doing prayer circles after football games. And it's grown to a thing that happens after every football game. So this prayer circle is not like anything new. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's something that happens literally at every football game, just not during the game. But it will also happen if there's a severe injury on the field, not necessarily somebody having a heart attack, but if a player like is has a broken bone and they've got a bone sticking out of their body or it's taking a, a particularly long time, players will start kneeling in a prayer circle for that individual. This isn't anything new. Um, 
And it's interesting because this kind of demonstrative behavior is completely okay. Nobody, nobody ever had any issues with it at all, as much as they're like, oh, Tim Tebow kneeling when he, when he scores a touchdown, Tebowing, whatever. Uh, but when Colin Kaepernick knelt during the national anthem, there was a huge issue with it because it wasn't for prayer. So there's this whole thing of as long as it's in prayer, you can kneel whenever. Uh, and mm-hmm. it really isn't a big deal. And when Christians were freaking out about people making fun of Tim Tebow for kneeling in the end zone after he scored a touchdown, there were still prayer circles at every game, and nobody talked about it at all. Well, so, wasn't the problem wasn't the problem with Tebow specifically that he was doing grandstanding? That it was considered yeah. the the. The thing that you're not—you're not supposed to celebrate a win, right? Like you're not—you can't celebrate a touchdown. Is am I correct in that? Wasn't he also you two who watch football? I'm asking you. (laughs) Yeah, he—he. Um, I mean, I—I suppose Christians didn't. They thought it was great, right? The the, this the Tim Tebow who was right. But I'm talking about why did the NFL tell the NFL told me had to stop? No, they didn't. Because he could could keep doing it, didn't they? No, no, they didn't. just made fun of it. People just made fun of it That's on the it? internet. Yeah. I, what I always, what I, what I thought was happening as somebody who doesn't watch football was the way it was being reported was that he was being told by the NFL that he couldn't do it because it's the same as doing a touchdown dance or spiking the ball or or anything like that. That they decided that that's all showboating or, or it's 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 uh it's mean spirited because it's it's mocking the other team for as when you got your win. I'd, I'd have to look it up, but I do not believe he was told that he huh. had to stop uh there are certain celebrations as long as they're 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 respectful uh that are allowed actually they're allowing a lot more these days i will point out that even in this meme that i was referencing a little while ago the first sentence is when tim tebow took a knee on the field the world laughed and mocked him even this Christian leaning yeah. meme didn't say anything about him being stopped, just that he was laughed at. Um, the other, the other thing though, it's interesting, you know, when Tim mentions that, Hey, anytime there is a severe injury, there do tend to be these prayer circles. We almost never, we don't really see those though. Typically this was such a dramatic case and took so long that I think that's part of why it got to that point that they're filling time, they're showing reactions on the field, and that was, you know, and there were so many team members from both teams involved because it was clearly this is not the kind of this isn't even a normal severe football injury. This is like holy shit, he almost died. You're like that wasn't even just like he broke a leg um, right. or, or a bone sticking out. Um, the other thing though that I did want to I do want to go on a little tangent related to this is about the fact that um, as far as that visibility or the other thing in this meme says the thing about a a coach in Washington prayed after football games on the field and he was fired. That's not true. Dude wasn't fired. This, this was a high, uh, high school Mm -hmm. uh, football coach in Washington. This, this case was handed down in June of this past year of 2022. Supreme Supreme court. And it, and the the case is uh, Kennedy versus Bremerton school district. And I, I did a, uh, I listened to, uh, there's a, podcast I listened to about why the Supreme Court sucks. It's called five to four, five dash four. And they did an episode about that decision that I re-listened to and prep for this because I wanted to talk a little bit about how full of shit the Supreme Court is right now when mm-hmm. it comes to anything like this. It's it's horrific. Like 
Justice Sotomayor's dissent in that called out so many blatant lies yeah. in Gorsuch's decision, like mischaracterizing and blatantly lying about what happened or didn't happen, talking about him losing his job. He was put on paid administrative leave, you yeah. know, and so, you know, it, it it's as someone who cares at all about your religious free religious freedom separation of church and state um you know and everything that goes wraps into that it's it's fucking scary what they are doing right now in that if it's if it's leaning the way they want on a religious term they're just going to they're really just in the point where they're just saying no fuck you this is you know we're just going to interpret it this way we're going to write a bunch of shit that means nothing that's bullshit that is not true mischaracterizing everything um you know making it sound like there's a phrase in there talking about it making it sound like well this guy would just you know kneel and do a prayer after a game and then people started joining him it's like no no he was doing this and going back to what you said molly the other thing organized. is it's very it's organized I mean, yeah, dudes like standing up in front of everybody and holding up like football players helmets and all this really performative shit. But also in terms of when that's a school setting, mm -hmm. these are kids, yep. these are minors. The coercive nature of of the peer pressure element and it coming not just from peers, the other kids, but also being led by a coach. Oh, yeah. Not knowing, you know, like. You know, are, are there, well, I guess I got to go along with this. I mean, there were yeah. student, students, parents who literally wrote into the school district talking about their kids going and participating in this because they didn't want to be separated and ostracized. The, not knowing whether or not the coaches involved might do anything from would they limit your play? Do you not get the position you want? Are you not going to oh, yeah. get a good recommendation letter from them or, you know, for a college or an athletic program? It, it, either the list goes on and on as to the yeah. possible ramifications of that. And it's all just waved aside. So yeah. it's it's really scary how the right slant that just the how many court decisions. I know I'm getting a little further afield, but it directly relates to this. How many of these court decisions where they are just writing whatever they want mm. and saying, you know, interpreting things and blatantly lying about things to serve their agenda of forwarding Christianity in the public sphere, pure well, and simple. I mean, and that's a public school. Like, I mean, my school was private and all the other schools were also private so that there wasn't really going to be any complaining, but also, yeah. you know, my school didn't do it when we hosted cross country meets, which we didn't do very often because we didn't really have a place to host them. But when we hosted track or cross country, we didn't do prayers. We didn't do that. But the other schools, because we're not a, we weren't a religious school. We were a secular school, but all the other schools did. And so it's like the added pressure of you are on their turf. Mm -hmm. They are hosting this meet. And uh, P.S. We are ages 11 through 13. <laughs> like I started my first my first uh, cross country meet. I had just turned 11. Uh, when I was in fifth grade. So like, you know, what am I, what, what am I supposed to be like? I don't really feel like praying. I'm 11. Like I'm just going to stand here and let it happen to me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's an indoctrination level to it that, that happens in sports. And like I say, in, in, in football, it is, it is pervasive. There is hardly sure. a football player in the public eye that does not talk about God, uh, 
openly. Does baseball have the same problem? No, not as much. And actually, I was thinking about that. Like the other three major sports, uh, it's not as pervasive mm-hmm. in baseball or hockey or basketball. That it 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 um it is really well, in football. That it, I was gonna say parts. I was gonna say people are getting hurt less often, so they probably <laughs> feel like they gotta pray more. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're questions uh, them to be idiots. Are they praying more to avoid it, the injuries, or are they praying more because they've had the concussions and it's damaged their brains? Yeah, number I mean, two. I think, <laughs> I think the second, but uh, the like, I mean, I remember. Baseball, when Kirby Puckett played for the Twins, whenever he went up to, to bat, he would cross himself before before he, he mm-hmm. stepped into the batter's box. And there, there are a few That's things fine. like That's that. That's your own personal shit. Sure, sure. That's fine. I'm fine yeah. with that, to be honest. It's but, annoying, but it just makes me go, oh, Christ, all right, whatever. It's such a, the whole like, the whole like, I'd like to thank Jesus Christ, God Almighty, Lord and Savior. Like, yeah, like yeah. When, when like. When you're celebrating a win, like we already talked yeah. about a little bit, it's just such like it's a cliche at this point. Yeah, where it's you know numerous sketch shows and comedians and and movies have made fun of of that specific thing. Yeah, like same with like award shows, like with the Oscars and stuff like that. Like if you're accepting an Oscar and you think God in your Oscar, it's like man, like maybe like. I don't know, thank your gaff or best boy or something. Like, <laughs> Here's a question. Drip, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. As, as yeah. atheists, as atheists, do we prefer that they are outward with such displays so that we can know who the, 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 the hyper-religious ones are? Like, I mean, I, I don't personally because I think it just normalizes that sort of shit. Yeah. The more people see it, the more they think it's, it's, it's dominant. But like there is to some degree – like when you know when you find out someone belongs to a really shitty church or they they thank you know it's it's similar to like when you find out someone's a scientologist you find out someone's a scientologist i don't know about you but it changes my opinion of them dramatically <laughs> like chris pratt and it's also going to change whether i want to give them my money you know because if i know it's all going to scientology like chris pratt yeah. yes I, yeah I, i'd rather not have it and not normalize it and not have it become be such an important yeah. Like like regular part of culture, personally. Yeah, because I think that what happens, especially in the evangelical Christian uh, wing, that seems to be the have the most influence over these athletes, it's all about demonstrating your faith in God, and it's all it. I also think that that what happens in football. Is and we've talked about indoctrination before, but I think there is there is indoctrination within the the machine of creating football players in our country um, that has mm-hmm. a lot to do with Christianity. The fact that these players are talking about it in the locker room uh, all the time, all the time, and their coaches are talking about it all the time, and have basically been told by the Supreme Court that they can. Yeah. It it makes these kids that are coming into this program that just want to play football feel like they have to become Christians to play football. Um and and that's something that that bothers me and that's where all that de- demonstrative behavior really bugs me and ignores the fact that DeMar Hamlin's life was saved because of medical professionals who are exceptionally well prepared. And yes, since then, 
they they've gone out of the the National Football League has gone out of its way to recognize the medical professionals that saved his life, uh, which is great. But I think the problem is that in the immediate aftermath, what happens is everybody's like, look at this prayer circle, isn't it great? And it's like none of those players were doing anything. Oh, but Tim, that's why he lived. You can't prove otherwise. I, I, the, 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 the players that were hugging each other and were crying and were emotionally distraught, to me, that yeah. was more important. They were comforting yeah. each other in a moment of pain. Um, of course. You know, I, uh, I don't know. This isn't necessarily relevant to the topic, but it is relevant to the event. I heard that the NFL was going to was basically like, OK, guys, five minute break. And then we're going to we're going to start game up again. And all the players were like, actually, fuck you. We're not going to play. <laughs> that... but, but initially, the NFL was pushing to, to just keep going and, and not cancel. And like, me. you know, the, the, the dollars on the line and all that shit, ratings and whatnot. Like, Advertisements. They're yeah, advertising. Yeah. That's I, the main thing. I had, I had, that's, I, I had heard something about that and read something about that. I don't know if any of you had. There, had. there is an I argument. Unsubstantiated. There's Didn't an argument between the NFL and the and ESPN about it. The NFL claims they never did such a thing. ESPN is like, we never would have said it were it not reported to us by an NFL source. Uh, so likely what happened when you read the tea leaves is somebody from the NFL said, here's our policy in, in a case like this, where we've basically suspended play. The players need, need some time to warm up, so we're going to take like a 10-minute break, and then we're going to give the players time to warm up and continue. Uh, and uh, they said that in the locker room, and the players and coaches were like, uh, no. No, that's mm-hmm. not what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, the NFL went with what, what their that's, policy that's was. That's just one... Is that just one source? Did ESPN ever tell? I mean, I'm assuming things are happening pretty fast, so they may have just reported what they heard from a person, right. not necessarily who knows, right? Like, right? Yeah, that yeah. may be what happened. But also, what I'd say, what I'd say, is likely happened is that they were indeed told that, and the people who told them that indeed thought that was what was going to happen. Um, yeah. And in the aftermath, they didn't just say, you know what, we screwed up. They're just like, no, no, we never said that. No, we never said that. No, we would never. Yeah, we would never. We'd never do that. Uh, it, and so, of course, there, there's no way like they they did not complete or make up or come back and complete that, did they? No, because it was the final, game. the second to last week of the season. There was nowhere else they could do the game. So yeah. the teams in that game right. had had played one fewer game than everybody else. Um, right. Which, if you're into football, had actually massive playoff implications because both teams were were mm-hmm. fighting for uh, the number one seed in the playoffs. And had a team won that game, uh, they would they would be seated differently than they are now. Uh, and so they had to make a whole bunch mm. of weird decisions as to how the playoffs are going to work as a result. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, when I was when I was looking around for information about this topic for the episode uh i found an article in the uh in the baptist standard and the the title of the article is should prayer be banned in sports as performance enhancing 
which I think is hilarious because like if you are if you are like a true believer and you do think that sports that, that prayer is going to give your team an advantage or you know God's going to lift you up and help you hit that ball farther or whatever like isn't it unethical like isn't it cheating like I feel like I mean I I I think that's an outside influence on the game, right? Like if you had a weather machine and you could make it rain or not rain or something, and that would benefit your team, that's cheating, right? That's unethical. If you sincerely believe, I, yeah. And wouldn't some of these be some of the same people who are claiming that men are just tr- claiming to be trans to compete in women's sports too? Yes, of course. Likely. I mean, of course I mean, they are. Yeah, the Venn yeah, diagram is pert near a circle. It seems it seems like going through that kind of bullying just so you could win at a track meet makes a lot of sense. Uh, it, it, it's the sort of yeah. thing that I'd love to turn my life upside down to win one race. Yes, sure. <laughs> well, and what's stupid about it? What's that? I mean, we're off topic, but that particular argument. What's so stupid about that is if you're good at sports. Uh, there's not really a reason to just decide to go be trans to be in the other genders category because that doesn't mean that the women aren't faster than you. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. like it's just yeah. such a weird thing to be like, well, automatically a man will be faster than any woman. So a a man who decides he's trans and now is going to go pretend to be a woman is going to beat them all. And it's like uh, so in the aforementioned T-Clack, uh, they ran the women, the boys and the girls together. And I was usually I mean, most of us girls were beating a lot of the boys uh, all the time. So it's like it's almost like it doesn't really matter. It's more about what your body can do. <laughs> right. Yeah, weird. And now uh, just think about what your body could do if you were trans and praying. <laughs> and praying. God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That should See? be banned. If if you're going to allow trans athletes, then at the very least, they cannot pray. Uh, I think what I, okay, so <laughs> du- I need to double, know, Nick, doubling up on the, the advantage is not acceptable. I would like to, if I may, scan that article a bit because I'm wondering if they what they think should be the way they can guarantee someone didn't pray. Uh, they talk talk a lot about like you know steroids and how you can test for that yeah yeah like like uh, what would you yeah prayer has a significant impact on the brain they say yeah oh yeah they don't have any idea all they so i guess it would just be the honor system (laughs) just be the honor system like promise me that you won't pray about the game guys okay sign a pledge you can't pray about the game otherwise that's cheating guys you can you can totally just Ask God for, for, uh, I don't know, for it to, to look over it, to watch over you, right? You can, you can say that, yeah. uh, sure. win, or, win or lose, just watch sure. over me, oh Lord. Um, it's just as effective as praying again about anything else, I guess. So, <laughs> but, but yeah. I mean, you know, going back there, there, you don't see prayer circles at other athletic events, but you do see them at mm. football. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and it's it's very it's very much something that people care about you know there being religious in a football setting is totally okay it is it is understandable and you know one of the things that um tom brady as a quarterback in the National Football League, one of the things that's very interesting, he has never and i've 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 read interviews after super bowl wins and stuff like that, he never mentions god not once 
ever. Well, that would mean not mentioning Tom Brady. How many well, yeah, times? he does. He, he, How he many may, times has he yeah. mentioned Satan? Yeah, but but it's interesting because he's about the only person of that stature who doesn't. Um, and uh, and and everybody else will bring it up. God is good. Oh. Mm. Oh God! God bless me today, so I could catch these extra five balls and and uh, and and <laughs> get make more fantasy, earn more fantasy points for my for my fantasy league players. Um, and Hallelujah. in America, demonstrating religion is a big deal to us. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. performing performing the the religious. Uh, speeches is huge. Mm -hmm. Lots of players, when they score touchdowns, they'll point up at the sky like, you God, you God, God, Uh all that one was for you. I always, I always like to assume that they're yelling at birds. (laughs) <laughs> like like that person tried to steal the ball like you know like how dare him See, when i was a kid i always assumed that was like an i'm number one. Oh sure oh. yeah like yeah. Yeah. no it's not like the no. big foam fingers right like yeah, yeah if that's it's, what I if it's full extension and they're just pointing straight up no if it's like yeah baby this is yeah. no, we're number one <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 you're waggling it and again i oh, think I it's, it's audio medium sorry yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> i think it's the culture of football I really do think it is the culture of football yeah. that that yeah. invites this behavior. And unfortunately, in this country and in the world in general, we focus on that prayer circle and we don't focus on the people that saved this kid's life. Um, and it bugs me, which is why I wanted to talk about it, because it just drives me nuts yeah. um, that that we... Uh, we forget about that, that we seem to think that all these people kneeling in prayer is the most important thing in that situation. Um, when it's, it's the least important, they, they had the least impact on what was going on. And yet they're going to be like, we saved his life. If we hadn't prayed, he would have died. Yeah, I think the most impact was probably that guy's shoulder. <laughs> right. Was it the ball? No, it was the shoulder. He got hit in the the chest with another guy's shoulder. Yes. (laughs) Like, fucking, like, but uh, Demar Hamlin was actually the one doing the tackling, but he basically impacted the guy's shoulder with his own chest. What's that? I'm trying to remember the name of the the, the medical condition. Yeah, the the medical condition is if somebody impacts your chest, at exactly the wrong time in your heart rhythm, it will make your heart stop. At the top of your rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's basically what a defibrillator uses as its principles to <laughs> to bring to to restart your heart is that that it's the physical, it's why CPR works. It's like, you know, the the physical motion can yep. get the heart muscle to go again. So like the physical motion of getting like, you know, you hear about people who die in bar fights like yeah. out of nowhere because they got punched really hard in the chest, you know, whether it's the solar plexus or they got kicked in a solar plexus or like they got punched in the head in just the right way yeah. that it just took them down. Like it, it, it is amazing how frail our meat sacks are considering, you know, all the things that football player, all the damage football players take regularly, like the regular, like what's considered yeah. a normal amount of violence and injury. In in a, a pastime is uh, really kind of gross to me. I actually uh, uh, don't watch football specifically because I uh, have a moral opposition to it and have ever since I was a child, basically. I think it's fucked up 
that we do it. I think boxing's fucked up too, but at least boxing is just two people uh, in the ring consenting. Uh, I think football's super fucked up. I think it's fucked up that we get do it. I think it's super fucked up. We make people's college educations depend on it. Uh, and that the, the, the more hits you take and the harder you get hit, like the, the more like celebrated you are being like, Oh, so tough, you know? And that like that, that the concussion syndrome is so known and no one gives a shit is just like astonishing to me. Well, and one of the, one of the challenges about it too, in my mind is that Unfortunately, the curve that has happened over the last half century or more is that, you know, 50 plus years ago, yeah, it was a game about hitting and violence and there were injuries, but sports technology and nutrition and weight training and everything that is known now about that put us on this curve over the course of decades where like the 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 top level athletes are simply faster, stronger, and harder hitting by leaps and bounds than they were a half century or more ago. Like and that is stronger. what's causing this. <laughs> and yeah, okay, they've also gotten better with helmets and pads, but not enough. You know, not to keep up with with the the bodies doing the damage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I wonder if um, I mean it's it's so speculation, but. Like football is, yeah, you know, as we're talking about, so incredibly and inherently violent. It's the the most violent of the big sports, like team sports, professional leagues. Is is the fact that it's violent relevant to the inherent ties to Christianity and American culture? Mm-hmm. Like, like is it the same? I'm not saying cause and effect, but is it the same people who are steeped in religion and very performative about the religion or the people that are very tolerant of it are also similarly tolerant or enthusiastic about like organized acts of violence. Right. I thought you were going to ask, is that why football has stripped baseball as the premier American sport? No, like America. I think that's part of, I think that's relevant. It, it, it to the connects. Question, I think they're wrapped in together. I mean, there's there's definitely like jingoism involved in in that shit because it's you know, like if you were to to picture a person in your head right now that's a stereotypical football super fan, right? We all know like what vehicle they wear, and <laughs> we can you know make mm-hmm. some demographic picks and like there's a bunch of assumptions we can all make, right? And like and that person's Christian, and I'm wondering if. I don't know. I'm not saying, you know, cause and effect, but is it the same mm-hmm. type of people that are drawn to one or drawn to the other or potentially people that are raised in that way with that particular brand of Christianity are enthusiastic or tolerant of violence like this? It's yeah. So, it, uh, just real quick. Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. It's what? Tim? No, no, please answer his question. Oh, I, sure I think I think it's it's a violence. it's a little bit of a chicken in the egg question, um, and I think another mm-hmm. thing that's important about about football, especially come, like basketball, primarily an inner city sport. Um, football is everywhere. It's everywhere. Every small town in America has a high school with a football team, um, and small town America is a lot more Which religious is crazy because it's so expensive. Yeah, it's expensive as hockey. 
Not not as expensive. But it's way more expensive than basketball. It yeah. is. And I do sure. think it's just that basketball is seen as a black thing. And so like they've decided in these small rural white towns that it shouldn't be well it's not a white American sport. I mean, most of those towns probably also have basketball teams. They, they do like, have basketball, but for some reason football has become this culture uh that is that's not the, spe- the, that's the spectacle. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I and I think that uh that that has something to do with it too, because so many football players come from these small towns where religion is part of the culture that they are raised in and where nobody in that small town is going to complain if a football coach decides to pray before a game. Nobody's going to say say a yeah. word. Um, and so, it, they again, they just get indoctrinated from from early on. And uh, and it it's everywhere. Anyway, go ahead, Molly. What did you have to say? Uh, so so uh, just if there was... Fairly, like, like there were peer-reviewed studies that showed that 99% of improv performers uh, had, like, a chronic traumatic encephalopathy. <laughs> I feel like... Encephalopathy? Encephalopathy, yes. <laughs> I feel like probably people wouldn't want to do improv anymore. We wouldn't, like, we would think it was super dangerous, right? Like, and so a study in 2017 on brains of deceased football players, 99% of the NFL players, 64% of semi-professional players, 91% of college football players, and 21% of high school football players have various stages of chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is fucked up. Like the fact that it's that high, 99%, I mean, you can only do it. You can only definitively diagnose it post-mortem. That means that 99% of NFL players that they looked at uh, who after they died had this. And that's so messed up. Like, <laughs> And I think the, the one thing that you have to, to have to allow within that study is it's self-selecting. It's only people who allow their brains to be studied. And most of the people who allowed their brains to be studied were people who felt that they, they may have had some sort of dramatic brain injury. Um, sure. It's still... A huge problem. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, effectively every single person. Yeah, um, I, I think you all want to move on shortly, but I'm gonna. I just want to throw in a little plug about the fact that I mentioned that podcast before five four mm-hmm. about the Supreme Court. They, I've listened to a bunch of their episodes in the last year or so, and they cover a lot of social justice issues. They've covered a lot of cases that have related directly or tangentially to religion in things. And and what I really appreciate about it also is um, I hadn't thought of it until while I was recording with you tonight. They've got a similar kind of vibe almost to you three in that they joke around a lot and they swear and they're not being super proper or reverent about the Supreme Court or legal issues. Yeah, well, um, fuck and the they're Supreme having Court. fun while recording. What? I said, yeah, well, fuck the Supreme Court. So, you know. yeah, right, right. But um, but I, I it is really worth listening to if if you're know, one of those people who listens to too many podcasts like I do. Um, so I wanted to throw that out because that was my main resource for talking about that case earlier. Do they sell stamps.com, Bomba socks or something else? <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, uh, I have not heard any ads on their podcast, though there's a point where they say, now's a good time to take a break. And then it comes right back in. I don't know why I'm not getting them with ads. Cause it's not like I signed up for their Patreon, but mm-hmm. there it is. So oh, yeah. Well, all right. I would anyway. sell Bomba socks. 
I, I, I don't know. I've never <laughs> worn them. Anyway, uh, we reached the, the point in our podcast where it's time for five questions. Sponsor... And Eric, in spite of the fact that you've been on a podcast numerous times, you have not had a chance to answer our new five questions yet. So now is the time. And I will start with question number one. What is a game you have played recently that you really enjoyed? Project L. Oh, that's a great game. Uh, yeah. Um, I first played this over a year ago at Ome- a year ago at OmegaCon, and it was fairly new and hard to get at the time. And uh, but I just I made note of it in a list of games that I might want to come by and look for or purchase later on my phone. And this and I bought it recently for the holidays. Uh, for a few people, including our household. And um, yeah, it's great. It's like Tetris, competitive Tetris puzzle building kind of uh, engine builder uh, structure. And it's, I think it's a super fun game and I would I would highly recommend it. It does sound fun. Those are all gameplay things that appeal to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really fun, really simple to learn uh, and uh, very difficult to master. All right, question number two, <laughs> Nick. What science fact or discovery do you think is really fucking cool? So this is hot off the presses just in the last couple of days. Um, researchers have discovered new information about why concrete in ancient Rome has lasted so long. Mm. I saw that. What? Yeah, it's crazy because a, a lot of one of the elements in it, one of the components, not elements not in the strict <laughs> science, but one of the components um, that they thought had a big part to play with that was volcanic ash, which obviously was helpful. But uh, the lime, limestone wow. and lime in there is the thing that actually apparently and I, I, I just heard a thing about it. And I was flipping through an article to try and catch up. I can't describe it in, in detail. Others can go look, but it's like there's something about it so that they the, the concrete when cracks start to form actually reheals itself. Um which, yeah. yeah. Um, which is super cool. Yeah, I read it's, that uh, article. I read an article it, about it, that. It's uh it's especially impervious to uh to, to salt, which salt is really rough on on uh cement on concrete, um, as we know in Minnesota very well. Uh, and and you can see uh, pillars in ruins that are now submerged in the ocean that are doing just fine in the salt water. Yeah, still sticking around, still standing, standing pretty strong. You know, thousands of years. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's cr- I like the idea of lost a lost recipe, a secret. Hmm. You know, eleven herbs and spices that made their concrete better. An accidental recipe, no less. <laughs> uh, Molly, question, question number three. three. Question three, where do you get your sense of right and wrong from since it's not religion? So um, I vaguely remember that I the I think the first time I was even on this podcast, we talked about something kind of related to this. But the fact that I think, you know, my parents really brought up me and my siblings well, with a, an approach of trying to treat people well and trying to treat them the way they wanted to be treated. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting also in the context of the fact that my dad was a minister. It was a religious household, but not dogmatic, not judge, not, you know, particularly judgmental, not viewing our particular liberal sect of Christianity as being the only way. And so for me, it was much more like it somehow baked into their brand of Christianity was also respecting others' views and beliefs. And I think that just broadened out so much more into 
I don't believe in the that supernatural element anymore, but I I think that's more important than almost anything else is just try to be a good person. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. Question number four. If you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Uh, financial bullshit. Uh, or I mean, all the financial stuff. I, I hate wrangling that stuff. I, you know, I've, I've multiple times put off doing taxes at the last minute and things like that, or, you know, having to collect and track all that stuff, which is weird because I'm a math nerd, but that's not, there's something weird about that. That's just a, yeah. I, I wish I could just have something that takes care of all of it and says, here's what you can spend. Don't spend any more. That's it. Be done. You know, budgeting, yeah. wrangling all the stuff, filing taxes, doing all, all of that kind of day-to-day year-over-year stuff. That would be absolutely great. Question number five. Yeah. What is a movie or TV show you think everyone should watch? Uh, I'm going to say the Mary Tyler Moore show from the seventies. I, I think the Mary Tyler Moore show is still possibly one of the best sitcoms ever made in American television. It's a very interesting snapshot of the time because of how progressive it was in a lot of ways showing a, you know, Oh my gosh, a, 30 year old woman who hasn't gotten married yet and is single and, you know, making her way alone in the world and and all that. And there are some sexist or dated elements of it, of course, through the lens. There (laughs) there are a lot, but also a lot of things in the show really hold up. Well, there's a pretty, I I just, I would just rewatch the show again in the last year or two. um, And I may never get around to doing it again because there's so much media to consume, but there's a lot of ways in which it was very progressive and it also so many of the conundrums and elements and story plot devices didn't hinge around things that were just products of the time. A lot of them are fairly timeless stories about personal conflicts between people or personal foibles, Um, you know, without, with a minimum of like, Oh, that was referencing some politician of the time. I mean, you get a couple of those here and there, but, not that many. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it holds up really well in that regard. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I guess the Mary Tyler Moore show is going to make it after all. Thanks so much for <laughs> for answering our... I know. I know. I just I, I was waiting. Uh, and also, if you ever come to visit Minnesota, you can see a statue of Mary Tyler Moore throwing her hat uh, on Nicollet Mall. So, so that's for you yeah. tourists out there. Eric, thank you so much for joining us to talk <laughs> about religion in sports. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed our podcast and would like to listen to it uh, us early, you could always feel free to join us uh, by supporting us on Patreon. We release our episodes anywhere from hours to weeks early. And uh, also, you can uh, you can uh, send us your five questions at fivequestionsatgeekswithoutgod.com or fivequestionsatgeekswithoutgod.com. And uh, we will read them on the air. Right now, we don't have any to read. None to read at all. We haven't for weeks. We haven't weeks for weeks. weeks. We're feeling we're feeling unloved and unwanted, uh, and not just because you aren't answering our five questions. But if you would answer our five questions, we would feel slightly more loved and wanted than we do right now. But uh, whether or not you, I'm send going it, to assume it's because I'm going to assume it's because I read the questions. And uh, I once had a roommate who told me she wanted to kill me because of the sound in my voice. So I'm just going to assume it's that. 
uh, that they just don't want me to be reading the questions. If that's the case, you can put someone else and ask for someone else to read your questions. I'll still read them, but you can ask. <laughs> Please have Tim read these questions. You'll start by there. You'll read that, and then you'll say no. And then, I'll read them in my Tim voice. Yeah, read that. That'll oh. be exciting. See, now someone needs to send in their five answers Molly, asking for that specific. Please so read my happen. answers in your Tim voice. Please, somebody send that in. <laughs> I want to hear that happen. In any case, we've been Geeks Without God, and whether or not you send in your answers to our five questions, we will be here next week, same uh, geek time, same geek channel. Bye. I'd just like to thank God for giving this man a heart attack so we can all pray in public. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God, and you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. I love how you go, same, and I saw your brain go, don't say bat, don't say bat, don't <laughs> no. say bat. You're like, no.